1: Terms and conditions apply. The numbers told the story they always do. This is a numbers game with Gil Alexander on V-CIN. It's one of those idiots who believe in analytics.
2: It is a numbers game here on VSIN. Happy to be with you, of course. We're brought to you by BetMGM. I'm Jeff Parles. In for Gil Alexander. Well-deserved break for our guy, Gilly, over the next week plus. But right now, we're going to shift back to the NBA We have Alex Schiffer who covers the Brooklyn Nets for The Athletic with us right now. Uh, Alex, thanks for being with us this morning. Uh, Let's just dive right in. Of course, the big news, the earth-shattering news last week at the deadline, the Nets trade James Harden to Philadelphia, Ben Simmons, Seth Curry, Andre Drummond go back to Brooklyn. Of course, Paul Millsap also in that deal on the Philadelphia uh, going to Philadelphia. But when you... Heard this trade was happening. What was your first reaction for both sides of the deal for the short term, for this 2021 2022 season, as we, we have about 20 games left in the regular season?
3: Yeah, I think it's honestly pretty similar for both. I mean, as you said, we're in the home stretch of the season, and both these teams kind of have to reinvent themselves a little bit in the home stretch because you have Embiid and Harden having to figure each other out before the start of the playoffs, and then you have the Nets having to work in Ben Simmons with Kyrie on a part-time basis and Kevin Durant currently injured uh, along with Andre Drummond, Seth Curry in the supporting cast. So in the near term, I feel like it's a contest to see who can kind of get assimilated quicker than the other and make it work for them in the playoffs.
2: And just looking at, just looking at the way this breaks down, Alex, and for Brooklyn, you can argue that, yeah, this is a still could be technically looked at as a, win-now mode where you had Harden who clearly didn't want to be there and you get a guy in Simmons who clearly didn't want to be in Philadelphia, but we know the talent for Simmons has always been there. But do you think this changes the Brooklyn window for from this year maybe even to next year for people that may be looking to bet the Nets to win the title? They're still the second or third favorite, depending on what book right now, plus 550 at BetMGM to win it all. Yeah, I definitely think it's a
3: longer term move for them and extends their window. Uh, I believe Simmons and Durant's contracts line up now, too. And I I also think that, you know, because Ben Simmons is only 25, the longer term, I mean, you know, Sean Marks is talking about building something sustainable like what he had in San Antonio. You know, they have a young core also with Cam Thomas, Nick Lack, and some of those guys. I mean, hypothetically, Is there a world in which after Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving are done in Brooklyn, if Ben Simmons sticks around, there is another run to be had, depending upon how those guys develop. Time will tell, but I I definitely think next year, you know, I I was talking to a coach the other night who said Simmons trade gives the Nets a chance to be both potent offensively and defensively. You know, they'll have Joe Harris back next year with Curry. If they re-sign Patty Mills, that gives them a lot of firepower alongside Kyrie, Kevin, and uh, Ben. So I, I think next year, uh, they, they're they very scary as well.
2: How do you think Harden meshes with Embiid in Philly?
3: I think that's the most fascinating thing between now and the end of the regular season. You know, historically, and I say historically by, you know, maybe five, six years, you know, Harden's best bigs with him have been rollers and lob threats like Nick Craxton and Clint Capella. He's never played with a big as dynamic as Embiid. And he's not used to not having the ball in his hands and Embiid gets it a lot. So how that works, I'm not sure. And, you know, people, people talk about Doc Rivers future already in Philly and bringing in Mike D'Antoni, Mike D'Antoni doesn't seem to like centers that much. I mean, he had uh, a centerless offense during his final years in uh, in Houston. And then look at the way he used Pau Gasol with the Lakers. So I think this is the question that, 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 is going to define the Sixers is how do they find a way for them to coexist in a successful
2: manner? Well, uh, you didn't even mention, I mean, I know we know Mike D'Antoni didn't like using Dwight Howard at all. in in his multiple spots, coaching Dwight. Yeah, that, so. I, 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 didn't want, I
3: didn't want to get into all that, but yeah.
2: Yeah. <laughs> so uh yeah, but uh no, it that's the most interesting thing because you look at, you look at the way, at least for this year, Alex, just the Eastern conference odds, the bucks actually now have hopped up to be the short shot which I think is correct. They're plus 250 right now to win the East at Bet MGM. The Nets are plus 280. The Sixers are 3-1. to one. The current number one seed, the Miami Heat, are plus 550 to win the East. And then the Bulls, who just keep winning despite the injuries, are twelve 12-1. Uh, Alex, it just, you, you've been around the league. You were just in Miami seeing the Nets play the Heat. You were on that long road trip with Brooklyn. Just looking at the Eastern Conference, doesn't it feel like Miami's still being l- overlooked here in the East. I agree. I agree to an extent. Um,
3: I think the Bulls have been such a pleasant surprise this year that they've gotten a lo- they, They've been almost like the media darling of the East Milwaukee's the defending champs. You know, I, I think everyone kind of knows who they are. Um, you know, I, I think the calves and the, uh, and the Bulls have been such bigger surprises to where the heat, you know, I mean, they're a very consistent organization. It's just kind of what they do. I think the heat are very scary. And, you know, I don't think a lot of people talk about them getting Victor Oladipo back soon. And I don't know exactly what he's going to add, but it's still a nice bullet to have in your chamber. So I, I definitely think that they are going to be a tough out in the playoffs. And I, I think the other thing that's going to be interesting is, I mean, one of the bulls, Heat, nets uh, bucks and calves all have to go out in the first round. Who's it going to be? Uh, or, or sixers. I mean, too. So, it's going i think the east is going to be a very fascinating uh fascinating playoffs and you know it wouldn't surprise me if Milwaukee came out uh if the heat came out you know uh, there's a lot that can happen there
2: western conference wise you uh you saw the nets play in phoenix a few weeks ago uh, the suns just keep winning 46 and 10 a five game lead over golden state now after golden state lost last night in la to the clippers Uh, Look, uh, to me, Alex, the Suns, look, they know who they are. They look look completely unafraid, especially after that run to the finals last year. The Suns, to me, are the rightful favorites right now to win the title and win the West. Do you think Golden State is enough to compete with them, or is there someone down the line that can compete with Phoenix, or is this just Phoenix's all the way here? I am
3: very high on the Phoenix Suns. I am not trying to take anything away from the Warriors because they've been there before. But uh, yeah, as you said, the Suns know who they are. Um, you know, I'm going to borrow a Jeff Van Gundy line when talking about the Nets in the in bubble about if they need a third star or not pre Harden trade. He said they don't need a third star. They need layers of players. And I think that's exactly what the Suns have. I mean, Chris Paul and Devin Booker are bona fide stars. You know, DeAndre Ayton, depending upon who you ask, I think he's a great player. I don't know if he's a star right now, but he's up there. He's getting up there. Mikhail Bridges, Jay Crowder, to me, is a tremendous role player. They have Landry Shamet off the bench, who's young, but already has a lot of playoff experience. Um, and, and I could go on. They have a lot to offer, and I think Monty Williams is a great coach. He's an easy guy to root for. They are, to me, uh, they are the favorite out of the West, and we'll see how the, the Warriors go into the postseason, how they kind of finish the regular season. I think they also have a lot of depth, and Clay Thompson seems to be getting into a rhythm. But I I just think the Suns deserve the benefit of the doubt, especially having come out of the conference last year,
2: too. Alex Schiffer with us right now here on a numbers game, covers the Nets and and the league at large for the Athletic. Uh, Alex, I'll I'll ask you two more, and then we'll let you go to Ben Simmons' introductory press conference with the Nets. MVP seems to be an Embiid versus Jokic race right now. Who do you think at this moment you would vote for if you had a vote? I would give it to Jokic
3: because the Nuggets are very undermanned as well without Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. And Embiid, and I'm not trying to take anything away from him, but if you look at their schedule in January, Philly had it pretty easy. I mean, they had the Rockets, I think, a few times. They had the Magic. They had a very uh, easy schedule when he starts to have his coming out party. So I think he's played amazing. But given the schedules and, and the personnel, I think that Jokic has had to do more for Denver than MB has for Philly.
2: Before we let you go though, I gotta ask you this. Have the, the, the Lakers, who are currently ninth in the in the West, currently just look horrible in every respect. Uh, losers of three in a row. Of course, they lost to the G League Blazers the other night. Has this experiment they're in L.A. with Westbrook and a- being added this offseason. It could not have gone much worse, correct? Like, this is the absolute worst possibility that this would have been for them.
3: I would say so. I mean, obviously, they're getting later in LeBron James's career. They can't really have years like this that are just a complete wash. And I think the bigger problem is just that, you know, taking on Westbrook's contract was always going to be a mistake you can't really correct. No one's going to trade for that. There's just too much money on the books and and not enough bang for buckets as left at this point. So I agree. I don't know where they go. I don't know how they reinvent themselves. And I just don't know what you could get for him in a trade given given his current contract situation.
2: He's Alex Schiffer. Get him on the tweets at Alex underscore Schiffer. Find his great work covering the Nets in the NBA at The Athletic. Alex, thanks as always for joining us this morning. Go with, go enjoy the introductory con- uh, uh, press conference for Ben Simmons there in Brooklyn. Will do. Thank you, sir. Always a pleasure, brother. You got it, Alex. Alex Schiffer, everyone. Of course, uh, get him on the tweets at Alex Schiffer covering the Nets for The Athletic. Uh, I, the Eastern Conference odds are the most interesting thing betting-wise fut- from a futures perspective in the NBA at this point, and you just look at Miami and and we're going to talk about this next as well on a numbers game. Miami Heat just seemed to be sitting there. And I know our guy JVT told us a few weeks ago that that was the team he liked coming out of the the Eastern Conference, but they just seemed to be sitting there and everyone just seems to be forgetting about them. Still in first in the East, they've been amazing at home. They're they're 19 and 6, which is the best record in the Eastern Conference at home. But it just feels like everyone is forgetting about them. And we're going to discuss that. The Eastern Conference, the jumbled mess that it is right now. See if we can find some futures odds that we like in the East and the NBA at large. That's coming up next as we roll along here on a Tuesday morning here at a numbers game on vSIN, the Sports Betting Network.
1: Terms and conditions apply.
2: The numbers game with Gil Alexander on
1: VSIN, the sports betting network.
2: If you missed any part of our show or anything on the VSIN schedule today, don't forget to check out our free sports betting podcasts. Catch replays of all of our shows or download and listen on your schedule. Go to slash podcasts. And get the Beating the Book Pod with Gil Alexander, Market Insights with Josh Applebaum. Plus, we have Hardwood Handicappers with JVT, The Lombardi Line, Follow the Money, My Guys in the Desert, The Wide World of Wine Garden with Jason Weingarten, Coast to Coast Hoops with Greg Peterson, and many more. They're all free and available now vsyn.com slash podcast or wherever you get your podcast. So much good content we're pumping out here at vsyn. Uh, hopefully you joined us over this past weekend. We just to just to take a, a quick uh quick break here from the NBA here. I, I just want to say uh our, our coverage this weekend for our 56 hours of big game coverage. We what what a great job everyone did. Just a big thanks to our crew and everyone who was on the air behind the scenes uh putting things together. What what a great job we did as a whole. Uh, just to toot our our own horn for a second here. Hope you all enjoyed it. Uh, at home listening to us uh hopefully you had as much fun listening to us as we did putting it all together for you our great listeners here at v uh let's uh let's hop back to the NBA real quick though uh, it's always fun to talk to Alex Schiffer and and people that cover the league on a daily basis uh just to get their feel now that reporters are traveling to games again you can get a better sense of what, what a team really is seeing them in person again. As opposed to watching the games on TV, like uh, reporters had to do at the beginning of this pandemic, uh, but but just looking at the Eastern Conference, if you look at the standings right now, Miami's a half game clear of Chicago. Who, it doesn't matter that balls out, Levine's out, Demar DeRosa just continues playing at a at ridiculously high level to keep the Bulls a half game out of the one seed. Uh, the Cavs currently sitting at number three. What a great story. J.B. Bickerstaff and company have been in Cleveland this year. Jared Allen got named to the All-Star Game yesterday as an injury replacement for James Harden. Darius Garland in the All-Star Game for the first time. A uh, a year where even with no Colin Sexton because of injury, Ricky Rubio got hurt, had the ACL tear. Hasn't matter. Cleveland has been able to hang in. And then before you get to the playing slots, Philadelphia, Milwaukee, Boston all separated by two games as well. By the way, the playoffs started today. Philadelphia will play Milwaukee. Oh boy, what a heavy-duty matchup that would be. And then, look, the thing that makes the Eastern Conference so interesting—if you look at the futures odds—the Nets are still your second short shot at plus 280. Milwaukee, your short shot at BetMGM plus 250. Philadelphia, three to one. Miami at 11 to two. Chicago at 12 to one. Boston, Cleveland, and 22 to one. That gets you through your top seven teams in the East. But it's just interesting to look at the way that these teams have played this year. Milwaukee really kind of still in that post-championship haze. They haven't had that turn-it-on run that you would have expected from them. They're still 12 games over 500. they They're still safely going to be in the playoffs. They're still likely going to be a top-four seed. But we haven't seen them really turn on the Jets this year in a way that we've seen in the past in the regular season. And look, that happens after you win a title. But going back to what I said before, if you're betting this right now in the East, the only two bets I would consider are Milwaukee and Miami. Philadelphia, the hardened trade scares me a little bit. Now, they are a clearly a better team than they were pre-trade because Ben Simmons wasn't going to play this year. Andre Drummond's a weird fit in that team, and he's a backup center at this point. And Seth Curry, even though Last night in Brooklyn, finally snapping their long losing streak. Look really good in that game. And he's a role player. You're better off. Tyree. The fact that they kept Maxi, the fact that they kept the that was exactly what Philadelphia needed to do. But I am concerned about Harden and Embiid meshing. I really am. And that trade, at least from a long-term perspective, is probably going to end up being a wash. And if anything, it's going to lean to Brooklyn, Because I think Ben Simmons is a great fit with that team, especially defensively, where the Nets don't play a lick of defense. Simmons, you know, at least can play defense. Even if his offense can be suspect at times, to put it very politely. But looking at this Eastern Conference, Brooklyn, that really does feel like, all right, we may not have Kyrie for home games. still. New York City still hasn't revoked the vaccine mandate. Kevin Durant has been battling injury all year. Simmons hasn't played a game yet. Maybe this does push their window back a year. So they're probably not a bet you want to look at. Philadelphia, again, I'm concerned about how Embiid and and Harden are going to mesh. Harden's a ball-dominant guy. Embiid is a ball-dominant guy. How are those two going to mesh in Philadelphia for this postseason run where, look, Joel Embiid, to me, I actually agree with what Alex Schiffer said. If I were voting today, I would give Jokic his second consecutive MVP because Denver, with all their injuries, is a worse team. Even with Philadelphia not having Simmons, the Sixers are still better. And Jokic is easily carrying them into the postseason. Maybe even carrying them past the playing games and into the one through six with no playing games. But I am really concerned about Embiid and Harden coexisting in Philadelphia, at least short term. Long term, I think they'll be all right. But short term, that is two ball dominant guys. That is very difficult to try to get those two in order to share the basketball, get the the distribution correct for a a potential playoff run. So then Milwaukee and Miami is where I land. Look, Miami... Is in first place in the East, and Jimmy Butler has battle injury injuries all year long. Kyle Lowry missed seven games. Bam Adebayo was hurt for a time this year, and they're still in first place in the Eastern Conference. Tyler Hero missed two weeks with COVID. The clear front runner for the Sixth Man of the Year, Victor Oladipo, may even come back for the postseason. has even played this year an interesting dynamic if he can come back. But the other factor with Miami that, I don't know why everyone seemingly sweeps this under the rug. They have the best coach in the Eastern Conference still. Eric Spolstra still has never quite gotten to do of how good good of a coach he is because he has his two titles from the Big Three era. Eric Spolstra is a great coach and the one coach in the Eastern Conference that I truly trust. In the playoffs, I know Budenholzer won a ring last year. I'm still not fully on board. I like Billy Donovan, but that's at a collegiate level. J.B. Bickerstaff has coached one playoff series in his life as a head coach. We don't know what we're getting out of Udoka. Steve Nash looks like potentially Clapper 2.0 after Jason Garrett. And Doc Rivers is the most overrated basketball head coach in the history of the league. And we've seen postseason failing after postseason failing for Doc, other than those two finals appearances in Boston, where of course they at least got it done for a ring. You can't understate having a great coach in this postseason. And in Miami, as home court, the best record in the Eastern Conference, I think a plus 550 is worth a flyer to win the East. And I even think a championship future is worth a flyer. Now this has been bet down. Over the last two weeks, they're now down to 11-1. I still think that's pretty good. Especially where, look, looking at the teams in the West, if you somehow don't get Phoenix in the final, you're going to have a shot. Now I understand the greatness of Steph Curry. Klay Thompson seems to be pretty close to his old self again after that uh, outrageous performance on Saturday night late against the Lakers. But Miami, to me, that's the team. That's the team I'm looking at. I'm with what JVT told us two weeks ago. I'm fully on board. That's the team to look at futures-wise, and a team that it's weird to say under the radar with currently the best record in the Eastern Conference, but yet here they are totally under the radar as the number one seed in the Eastern Conference, 57 games into an 82-game slate. By the way, why why is the All-Star game so late now? I understand that they don't want to play it head-to-head with the Super Bowl, but we're going to be 70%, 70% of the way done. And we're uh, having the All-Star game. Seems a little odd for it to be that late, but it's a different argument for a different day. By the way, we will uh, be looking at uh, looking at the individual events later in the week. That's always a one where there's always some weird random value on those individual events. So we're going to try to push the uh, – Try to push the skills competition run from two years to three years. See if we can get the winner for that again on Friday when those odds are posted yet again for NBA All Star Weekend. Uh, Sabonis and Adebayo, the last two years winning the skills competition in the NBA. Uh, but yeah, Miami's the Miami's the bet. Miami would be what I would look at in the Eastern Conference right now for uh, plus 550. The number you can get on Miami a Benham gem shop around probably better numbers out there than plus 550. Danny Burke, he hosts Rush Hour. He hosts the Chicago City Cast. He's a pretty sharp guy. He's going to join us next. We'll get his thoughts on tonight's NBA card. We'll also look at uh, Danny's thoughts potentially for uh, 2023, or excuse me, 2022 NFL odds. That's next. Danny Burke with us here on A Numbers Game on v
1: Gil Alexander on VSIN, the sports
2: betting network. VSIN has a great new offer that can only be described as madness. You get VSIN all access to everything we do from now through college basketball's championship on April the 4th for just $29. Sign up now, get our daily Best Bet email, 24 7 video access. The upcoming College Hoops betting guide, bracket breakdowns, plus full access to vcin.com with our exclusive betting split breakdowns on every game. This deal happens only once a year, so don't miss out. vcin.com. vcin.com slash madness. That's vcin.com slash madness to sign up today for this incredible offer. It is a numbers game live from Circa today. I'm Jeff Parles in for Gil Alexander. and Now with us, he hosts Rush Hour. He hosts the Chicago City cast. He's referred to as Dan Burke by Gil Alexander for some reason, but we also know him as Danny Burke as well, and he joins us right now live from Chicago. Danny, uh, a pleasure as always. Thanks for being with us this morning. <laughs>
4: Absolutely Jeff. Thanks for having me. I know you're holding the fort down and I know you're recovering from having a pretty good day on Sunday. So uh, happy to be here, my friend.
2: Yeah, I, I will say, uh, uh, naturally I didn't give this out on, uh, on bet center on Saturday night, but I did have an index prop on the Rams to land on 23 points. Exactly. So that was, that, that made Sunday pretty good. I, I will say that Danny, that was, uh, that, that was, uh, that was a nice one to have in the pocket uh, with the way that game ended. But, uh, Look, it's never too early to look at the the, the upcoming season, Danny, and Bet MGM right now has the Chiefs and the Bills as your co-Super Bowl favorites at plus 750. But Danny, is there anyone that you're looking at maybe for a very early bet? And and also, too, it's very odd to see a favorite for the Super Bowl even open as high as plus 750.
4: Yeah, and I think that just goes to show how dominant both of those quarterbacks are. And- More so how much we really value and think those were the two best teams in the AFC. Again, we're not discrediting anything that the Bengals did, but if the Chiefs and the Bills don't match up in that divisional round, I think we probably have a different outcome. But again, we move forward and you're right. I mean, seldom do we see it that short. But this early on, Jeff, and I know a lot of people are probably like, come on, we just ended the season. Who cares? But I'm actually more fascinated in these insanely early futures more so than I ever have been, because I think there's some really good value out there right now. And there's about three teams. If you look for some good value that stick out to me as of this moment, if you do a little price searching out there, some of these best numbers for the chargers, Ravens and Cardinals, because those are the three teams that stand out to me Go with the Chargers at 25 to 1, Ravens at 20 to 1, and the Cardinals at 25 to 1 for their best numbers. I guess I'll start with the Cardinals really quick. This, again, primarily based on the price. And if you want to go with the adage of, oh, Tampa Bay won the Super Bowl, they hosted it, then the Rams did, and now the <laughs> Cardinals are going to host it next year, who knows? Maybe you could fall in line with that track. But really, if all of this noise about Kyler Murray is just that noise, maybe he's going to go into this season with the chip on the shoulder. They're going to be like, all right, screw everybody else. We're just dead set focused and we're going to go out there and dominate. Cause this team still is very talented. But again, Jeff, I think we can all agree cliff Kingsbury probably the guy that's going to hold them back. But again, you might be able to cash out down in the future. So 25 to one, I think is good value, especially with the way things might shake up in the NFC West, uh, the Ravens at 20 to one, Jeff, if this team stays healthy, it's a big if, but if they stay healthy, they can easily win that division in the AFC North. And I just don't foresee this number being at 20 to one as we get to about the midway point in the season. I mean, they got to rebuild their defense a little bit. They probably got to add a receiver to help out with Lamar Jackson. But again, if they can stay healthy, they definitely can be a contending team for the Super Bowl. So 20 to one, I think is great value. And then this Chargers team look, I'm very high on Justin Herbert. I'm very high on the Chargers. I actually just put a poll out on Twitter to see what people thought of who would reach the Super bowl quickest as of this point, whether it's Justin Herbert or Joe burrow and recency bias would lead you to think that it's Joe burrow, but we've seen in the past, Jeff, as you know, teams who have lost in the super bowl, find it a really hard path to get back there. And the chargers had the second most cap space in the NFL heading into the season. And again, I'm very high on Justin Herbert. The AFC is going to be very tough, but if this team can reload defensively, they can keep the receivers looking good. And I'm actually pretty high on Brandon Staley, despite a lot of people thinking his moves are terrible. And some of them aren't the best. I'll give them that. But again, the value at 25 to one, those three teams are too hard to pass up. If you're going price searching and assuming they're going to move by the time we start the season or get to the midway point.
2: Danny, I'm not there with you on the Cardinals. Not there with it on that, on them, but the other two. I look. I, I I talked about the Ravens a little bit earlier. All the injuries, the big losing streak at the end of the year, the benefit of a last place schedule. There's a lot working for Baltimore, and then the Chargers. Danny, if we if they can finally outrun their team's history, that Chargers are as talented as anyone. They showed that during the regular season. Yeah, exactly, and,
4: and I know. I mean, the Cardinals won again. That's more so for value because. Like I was, I mean, Cliff Kingsbury, that guy's just not a good enough coach to take this team deep enough. But I think this is one of those where you're going to go down toward the end of the season. You're going to be like, wow, I got this team at 25 to one. They're probably not going to win it, but I got a pretty dang good number. So uh, that's more so the bet on the Cardinals. But yeah, Chargers and Ravens, definitely the tops of the picks out of those three.
2: Danny Burke, the host of Rush Hour and the Chicago City cast with us here on a numbers game on v I'm Jeff Parles in for Gil Alexander. Danny, uh, Demar Derozan did it again last night. The Bulls, who it doesn't matter that there's no Zach Levine, there's no Lonzo Ball. The Bulls are still a half game out of the one seed in the Eastern Conference. Uh, Demar Derozan really has just been outrageously good this year, and and yet, Danny, he's still sitting at forty to one to win the MVP at BetMGM. We talk about Embiid, we talk about Jokic, we talk about Giannis. Doesn't Demar Derozan deserve to be in the mix here?
4: A hundred percent. It makes absolutely no sense why he's 40 to one. And I'm not saying he's going to win it because Duel Embiid beat just been absolutely dominant, but he's getting no respect right now. I mean, you have to at least take a flyer on that Jeff. Inevitably, you got to think it's going to move now that he's finally garnering some national attention out of it. I mean, stat finally tweeted something out about it. Look, here are his numbers from the last six games, 40 points, 38 points, 35 points, 36 points, 38 points, and 45 points. It's the longest streak of 35 point games on 50% shooting in Bulls history. Michael Jordan never even did that. This guy is on an absolute tear considering he still has as a top two team in the Eastern Conference, with all of these injuries and Levine, as you alluded to, out as of this moment, and also when you look at the win probability added measure that in predict has on their website, Demar Derozan is seven point seven five with the win probability added, and the closest one is Jokic at five point three three. So he's really big time ahead of the curve, and I think this market is slowly going to adjust. And again, I. I don't know if there's going to be enough there for him to actually win the award, but because of how high this number is, Jeff, you got to at least take a flyer on it. I mean, 232 points in the last six games, top two team in the Easter conference. They're missing all their, I mean, Lonzo ball outscrew. So Pat Williams, at the beginning of the season and Zach Levine, who knows the severity of his current injury. Yet this dude has just been absolutely dominant and I don't see him slowing down at this point. So you got to consider him at 40 to one MVP. It's just insane to me that he still has that high of odds.
2: No, look, I, I no disagreement on that end. I, I, I don't, I think that you have to preface all this by what you said. He probably doesn't get there in the end because of MB and Jokic, but you have a 40 to one ticket and the Bulls somehow end up with the one seed in the East, you he, he have to at least give them a, give them a fighting chance to win the award. Uh, D- Danny, uh, I, we have about two minutes left here on uh, NBA card tonight. Uh, is, is there anything that stands out to you on the NBA card uh, on this Tuesday evening?
4: Yeah, I took a little piece of this heat in Mavericks game. I'm going to wait to see where the market moves to add a little bit more so, but I kind of like Miami in this spot. Look, the Mavs have won their last four out of five games, and Luka Doncic has been just as good as DeRozan, if not better. But these last two games, since they traded away for Zingas, uh, 51 points on Thursday versus the Clippers. Then they went back against Los Angeles and he dropped 45. But Miami at home, they've been a different team, right? I mean, they're 19 and 6, Dallas 13 and 13 on the road. Miami's leading the NBA in three point percentage. And Dallas, uh, they're pretty much bottom tier in that regard. And they're really not too great from the charity stripe where Miami also leads the NBA in free throw percentage. I just think the Heat are a little bit in a better shape right now than the Mavericks. They got their new pieces with Dinwiddie coming in. They may play tonight. But again, what's that chemistry going to be like right away in a tough environment against top team in the Eastern Conference right now? So I get the slight edge to the heat. I, again, I, I kind of like with these shorter spreads laying a little bit more on the money line. So I'm probably trying to look for like a 150 or so, but I'm going to see where the market moves. But I do like Miami in this game against Dallas.
2: Danny Berg liking the heat tonight against the Mavs. Of course, you can get Danny on the Chicago City cast, you can get, get Danny on rush hour which uh, starts at six o'clock Eastern time, Monday through Friday out of the city of Chicago. You can get him on the tweets as well at Danny Burke five, a lot of places you can get Danny's great work, Danny. Pleasure as always. Thanks for being with us this morning. Absolutely. Jeff, keep up the great work. Take care, buddy. Thanks buddy. Danny Burke, everyone. Of course, the host of rush hour here on this network, we come back. We're looking at college hoops. Look at the card tonight. And also, I'll tell you one team you need to look out for in the tournament that seems to be flying under the radar. That's next, a numbers game here on v The Sports Betting Network.
1: Terms and conditions apply.
2: A numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSEN, the sports betting network. Bet on more than just the final score with one-game parlay from BetMGM. One-game parlay is designed to help you make selections within a single game from over 400 bet types, including team and player props. Log in to your BetMGM account today and create your best parlay before the game starts. New to BetMGM, sign up today and make your first bet risk-free up to $1,000 with bonus code VSIN1000. That's vsin one Plus, you learn better, you'll earn, I should say, BetMGM rewards points that can be redeemed from online bonuses or converted into comps for rooms, restaurants, and more at over 20 MGM resorts nationwide. Try one-game parlay today. Promotional offer not available in Nevada and Mississippi, and one-game parlay not available in Washington, D.C. It is a numbers game here on v live from circa the Lombardi line coming your way after us, Brady Cannon, Wes Reynolds. Have you covered old school green zone today on the Lombardi line. Got to love that with Cannon and Reynolds. Uh, also have long shots with those two today recording later on in the day, the greatest golf podcast that has ever lived. Uh, but I want to shift to college hoops here. Uh, I have a few games that I'm looking at tonight. And then I have uh, one team that is flying under the radar and, Quite honestly, deservedly so, flying under the radar. But I think they have enough talent, and there's a a few juicy numbers out there on a certain team, futures-wise, if you want to take a shot on them. But first, the games for tonight, I I want to start. We'll start with uh, Florida and Texas A&M. Both teams floundering a little bit in the Southeastern Conference. The Gators, really the injury to Castleton has really derailed their whole season. Because the Gators, who have always had high expectations, uh, they are six and six in the league. They probably are making it to the NCAA tournament again. I really don't think they're any good. AM has f- totally fallen off the map. AM started conference play four and one. They've lost eight straight games, seven in a row in conference, or excuse me, eight in a row in conference after the 4 0 start the conference played it did not actually play in the SEC Big 12 challenge but this feels like a good day for AM to get off the schneid depending on your book you're laying one right now you yeah, got one and a half at BetMGM minus 120 on the money line i'd much rather just lay a dollar 20 on the money line at BetMGM you should be able to find some minus 115 money line out there as well that's how I would play this one. Florida, to me, again, Mike White is really just not a not a good coach. The team is underachieved most years. They again, like I said, the Castle and injury's been a killer. They're coming off getting whipped pretty good by Kentucky, which there's no shame in Kentucky's a good team. The four-game winning streak that before that came against Oklahoma State, who's one of the weaker teams in the Big 12. Mizzou, who is not any good. Ole Miss in overtime. They were very lucky to win that game. And Ole Miss has struggled this year. And Georgia, who stinks. They haven't covered any of those games except for Oklahoma State, by the way. The last three in the winning streak. Mizzou covered. Ole Miss covered. Georgia covered. Gone against Florida in all three of those games. But I like going against them again today. We'll take the Aggies to snap their long losing streak. Late a dollar twenty, late a dollar fifteen on the money line for Texas AM tonight. That's a seven o'clock Eastern Time game in College Station to get their first win since January fifteenth. So, exactly one month ago was the last time the Aggies won a basketball game. That's where I'm looking at tonight in the SEC. I am, I am simpatico with our guy Matty Cox, who earlier on the show gave out Oklahoma against Texas in the Big Twelve. I am with Matt. I like Oklahoma. Last time we saw them at home, they really took it to the Red Raiders of Texas Tech winning that game by double digits. You can either get Oklahoma right now, getting one, or you can lay a dollar five on the money line at Bet MGM. I wouldn't take the one and a half minus one twenty. I don't lay the extra juice. But I would look to Oklahoma. I actually kind of like the minus one oh five outright. You probably can do better money line. There was a plus one oh five earlier in the day at another shop. I like Oklahoma outright in that game. Just, uh, they are a team that if they make the NCAA tournament, that they're going to be a tough out. They aren't particularly good. They have the Groves brothers. Goldwire is a very good player at guard. But I like Oklahoma to win this game outright tonight against Texas, who, look, they were very fortunate to beat Kansas last Monday. A bank three. That was a total brick. Started that run at the end. Kansas collapsed offensively. That's why Texas was able to win that game on Monday. And then Baylor just pummeled Texas on Saturday afternoon. Pummeled. And that game was never competitive. And I expect Oklahoma to win this game tonight. We're going to take uh take the Sooners getting the uh getting the point here on that one. And that one that Matt Humans gave out earlier on Follow the Money. I am with Matt on that on this one. Wisconsin getting three and a half in Bloomington today against Indiana. Wisconsin's coming off really just just a bad home loss to Rutgers, who is playing much better, but that's a game he can't lose at home. And Wisconsin really had the wrong side the whole way through, lost by eight at home to the Scarlet Knights on Saturday. Now they get Indiana, who really, again, they had the suspension issues against Northwestern, lost that game, got destroyed in the second half at home by Illinois two Saturdays ago. And then really were handled pretty easily in East Lansing against Michigan State. Uh, but look, you're getting three and a half with Wisconsin. To me, they are the better team. This may be a line that, has, as our guy Tim Murray says on the network, a little bit stinky. But I like Wisconsin. I'm going against the stink there and take Wisconsin plus the three and a half. I even like them outright as well to get the win on the road. I, Indiana just going the wrong direction right now. And I, uh, I like Wisconsin. Like Wisconsin, plus the points, plus three and a half, probably will sprinkle as well on the money line on the Badgers tonight at Assembly Hall in Bloomington, Indiana. We are less than a month from Selection Sunday. We are a month from the first four in Dayton. Pretty amazing that that's the case. Boy, the tournament. With the Super Bowl getting pushed back a week because of the extra week, it's just going to blink your blink your eyes, snap your fingers, and all of a sudden you're going to be at the NCAA tournament yet again with March Madness. And uh, look, the -the under-the-radar team I've been referring to, and again, we're taking prices here. And there's been a team that is underachieved all year, but they were the only team to beat Auburn up until last week, and that is the Connecticut Huskies, who have been, let's face it, they've been infuriating at times this year. If you back them, they lost on Friday night to Xavier. They beat uh, St. John's over the on super on super Sunday struggled in that game at the garden to win by three. They get seed in the Hall tomorrow. And what is a giant game in the big East, but UConn here near 66 to one at Ben MGM, but other shops are hanging 80 to one to win it all. RJ Cole is one of the most talented guards in the country. I like Danny Hurley, even though that team has had moment, plenty of moments this year where they just look like a team that is poorly coached. But I like Danny Hurley's history more so than what he's shown so far this year. But this team is immensely talented to probably be on the sixth line, maybe the seven line, of course, their last title or seventh seed in that Napier run, one of the most ridiculous runs of all time, where If it wasn't for Amita Brima against St. Joseph's, they would have gone out in round one. Instead, they beat St. Joe's, get by Villanova and and get through the garden, pound Florida in the national semifinal, then beating the underseeding Kentucky Wildcats in the title all the way back uh, almost a decade ago, as crazy as that is in a uh, 2014 version of the big dance. But I think UConn's worth a shot. You can get 80, 85 Worth a shot. Not big, small. Of course, uh, they they, uh, they were added to my profile uh, a few days ago, along with Auburn and Arizona are the two ones that I have right now. had to get in on Auburn before the price got away. I'm a little aggravated with myself that I didn't take Kentucky when there were 20 the ones floating out on them. To me, Kentucky at the moment playing better than anyone, even though right now Gonzaga, your favorite in the futures market, they are the rightful favorite. In the futures market, they are really good yet again. And Chet Holmgren has figured out college basketball, and that is a scary sight for everyone. But yeah, I think UConn worth a little bit of a flyer at a big price. Make sure you're getting 75 at worst on that. Realistically, you're looking for 80 to 1 on the Huskies. But again, for tonight, Texas A&M, Oklahoma, and Wisconsin tonight on the college basketball hardwood for me. Uh, Nothing in the NBA, just betting the NBA on a day-to-day basis. I know our guy Danny Burke likes the heat. I don't like anything today on the NBA card. Just very difficult to bet NBA day-to-day. That's all the time we have here on A Numbers Game. Special edition here from Circa. Big thanks to our crew, Dan Miller, doing a great job sitting in the chair. Rob Moreno, Mikael, and company as well, doing a great job. The Lombardi line, Brady Cannon, Wes Reynolds, coming your way next. This has been A Numbers Game on v